The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decision. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm Dr. Nigel Finch, and today I'm joined by Rob Broomfield, who's the CEO of AVA Risk Group under the ticker code AVA. AVA offers world-leading technologies that help its global clients with risk management and security. Now, AVA's clients include industrial, military, and government, and AVA provides services such as intrusion detection, network security, and biometric access control. And these are used in secure logistics and very high value assets. So uh, this is certainly a very interesting space for me. I'm uh, Rob, welcome to you and welcome to the program. Look, thanks very much, Nigel. um, And thanks for the invitation. There are two things that I want to congratulate you on today. So the first is your appointment in July of this year to CEO after you stepped up from the Chief Operating Officer of the Technology Division of AVA. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to AVA and then ultimately into the CEO role? Yes, certainly. Look, I've actually been involved with part of AVA for AVA Risk Group for quite some time before it actually was formed. I was actually the CEO of Future Fiber Technologies um, over uh, more than 10 years, in fact, and was also involved with the two companies that make up the rest of the group, that is BQT and um, a Ava Global, uh, when I was involved in the board of the, those companies uh, prior. So I actually have deep knowledge and involvement with uh, all parts of the company, but most most of it's been with Future Fibre Technologies as the original CEO of Future Fibre Technologies. Um, yes, then went into a COO role for technology and, as you say, in the past three months have uh, stepped into the CEO role. Yeah. And when we talk about future fibre technologies, just to be clear, that is one of the business units that's wholly owned by AVA. Correct. There are three uh, business brands or three mm-hmm. um, operating units that have either services or technologies. There's future yeah. fibre technologies, BQT and AVA Global. Yeah. Now, I mentioned that there were two things I wanted to congratulate you on. The first was your CEO appointment. Can you guess what the other one is? Um, obviously, the first quarter results, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, you know, it's, it's a fact that, you know, the AVA financial results, you know, are, uh, are, are pretty stunning. And yeah. off the back of that, you know, what, what I estimate to be at least a 400% improvement in the share price. But look, before we talk about the financial performance and the recent special dividend, um, I want to know a lot more about AVA, its markets and its customers. So firstly, can you give our listeners a very high-level overview of AVA, perhaps the revenue, headcount, notable customers, number of countries you operate in, that kind of thing, just so we can get a sense of the size and scale? Oh, absolutely. So the revenues, obviously, last financial year were um, you know, just under uh, $50 million in terms of revenues. Um, and as you mentioned, it's really broken up into a technology and a services division. And last year, the services and technology uh, contributed about equally, but maybe uh, services slightly ahead of technology 
last year as they were the fastest growth segment of the company. Um, the headcount globally, um, look, we're talking about 80-odd staff in terms of the company. We've got many of the uh, manufacturing development design portions of the company are very much in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, the services part of the company is very much focused in the Northern Hemisphere. But the group's revenues are very much focused on Northern Hemisphere customers. That's where uh, most of the, t the revenue comes from. And we're talking about the United States, uh, Middle East, uh, India, um, and a, bit, a little bit out of Europe as well at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think I read somewhere that you operate in uh, 70 different countries. Well, yeah, look, it's interesting. The, uh, the, the products that Future Fibre have been providing over the years, we, yes, we're in about 70 countries. Um, you know, we basically say there's nowhere on the planet that uh, our technology won't work effectively. Hmm. So can you help me understand how AVA differentiates itself from other security and logistic companies around the world when essentially, you know, my, my, my sense is that essentially all these other companies do a very similar thing. What, what is it that's different about AVA? Yeah, look, each of those uh, groups that we spoke about in services and technology are differentiated in what they do. So you think about services and we're talking about the transport of high value uh, um, components. We're talking about precious metals, banknotes. So they're responsible for providing security around that entire transport of those particular uh, commodities. And they focus on the international section, but they have in-country partners. So they actually outsource in-country all of that logistics. So they don't have the overhead, they don't have the uh, working capital requirements, they're very flexible, and they have uh, they over, overarch their entire quality management system over those particular providers. If you look at the traditional providers, they're big, they have all the trucks, they have all the facilities, they're in all those countries, so they have very high operating costs, very high fixed costs, whereas uh, with AVA Global, they have very low fixed costs and can provide a high value service and focus upon, you know, really keeping the customers informed, having high quality management systems, and they've been growing quite rapidly over the past, you know, three, four years. Um, then you think about the rest of the group and the technologies that we talk about, uh, looking at providing intrusion protection or protection on long linear assets like pipelines and uh, uh, data networks around large facilities on the perimeters, um, you know, we're talking about oil and gas, government, military type uh, sites. And then if you look at the actual sites themselves on the buildings, you've got the BQT technologies operating on all the entry points into buildings and also all the uh, secure rooms within a building. So the group has a technology focused on security that actually applies to the entire application and movement of both goods, of material value, high value uh, commodities, data, and also oil, gas um, around those facilities and inside those facilities. The, the differentiation on the BQT side is their encryption and their ability to uh, provide uh, bespoke solutions for their uh, access control readers. 
their locking solutions are quite unique as well in terms of technology and their intellectual property. They have solved problems with self-alignment um, of locks that others haven't been able to solve. And then Future Fibre Technologies, it's been a world leader in the application of um, fibre optic sensing you know, for a decade or more. And he's now actually moving outside of security into applying its technology in a lot of other areas like conveyor belts, uh, monitoring the bearings on conveyor belts using the acoustic signature. So we're moving into a lot of different areas now as we're going forward outside the classic security space. Um, can you tell us just very briefly about the history of the company? I mean, how old is AVA Group? Well, yeah, AVA as a group has only been around for a few years now. Um, and if you looked at the history um, since it came together, its revenues have been growing at about 50% per year mm-hmm. over the past three or four years. But each of the, uh, the parts of the company has a history that precedes that, except for um, AVA Global, which was actually a startup that actually formed within a, a, a publicly listed entity called Maxec which included BQT. And it was the combination of Maxec and Future Fibre Technologies a few years ago that created AVA Risk Group. But BQT and uh, Future Fibre Technologies have been in their domain for more than a decade. Um, So they have a deep history, deep knowledge and deep experience in their particular technologies and have actually developed quite a uh, a suite of unique intellectual property that they obviously incorporate within their solutions. Well, given that you've got customers that operate in, in many countries, there's a. I, I want to ask you sort of a series of questions around what you're seeing in the world. So, I mean, one of the things that um, is readily observable is around the world, governments are injecting unprecedented amounts of cash into their economies in response to COVID. So across each of your divisions, can you share with us some anecdotes about how this activity is driving revenue in AVA and what is happening in some of the key geographic markets you operate in? Look, I think a great example would be AVA Global. The COVID-19 situation has you know, created a premium for um, air freight. And so mm-hmm. they're actually able to provide their services um, and actually make better margins than they did pre-COVID. So they're actually seeing a pickup business organically, but also the ability to actually generate higher margins from services due to the higher cost because of the reduced international logistics capacity has helped support their business in terms of improved profitability um, in the period that we've had COVID. Uh, I guess in terms of the technology space, Although there's been um, ongoing need and investment, it actually has been, um, in some respects, a difficult one in terms of some of the underlying business has been impacted by the inability to travel and to actually install and commission sites. Mm -hmm. So in one aspect, that's actually been a bit of a negative for the business. On the other hand, what we have is we've been providing remote services at an increased pace. And, you know, with the technology, we can actually access our devices and actually provide maintenance, support and upgrades without even having to go to site. But we actually will see, I think, a great uptick in the technology business You know, when COVID-19 settles. But I think what's been most impressive is the rate at which we've been able to grow in the midst of this has been really due to work that's been done in the past in terms of some major contracts that we've had in place. And it's a fairly complex mix of 
product on the BQT side with some large contracts for the Australian Department of Defence and for FFT, a licensing arrangement that we've got for our technology to be that's in the process of being rolled out in India to protect the Indian Army's defence network in terms of the fibre optics they're deploying across the entire country. So all those programs have been providing good good revenue growth, exceptionally good margins, as you've seen, um, despite the COVID-19 slowdown, small slowdown we've seen in the core business. But a lot of the programs we're working on, although they've slowed down, they're ready to pick up as soon as people start travelling again. So we'll mm. see that core business pick up again uh, post-COVID very quickly. And what are some of the trends you're seeing in infrastructure investment globally since COVID? Yeah, look, uh, look again, I, I have to say that the investment in many areas actually has slowed. And so what, what I'm sort of saying is that we're not actually riding a COVID wave mm. uh, per se in the technology business in terms of our exceptional results. We've actually would be having even better results if there was no COVID-19, to be honest. What mm. we'll see is that investment that stalled because of the inability to actually you know, travel and, and move people around, etc. that mm. will open up and, and we'll get back to the normal uh, scope of business. So we've seen probably a slow, small slowdown in terms of the completion or the progress on any project that requires physical travel, but the background work is still continuing. So the demand is, is you know, building and building and, and ready, I guess, to, uh, to grow once travel frees up again. Hmm. Now, you, you mentioned some of the activities in relation to armed forces. I mean, you have exposure to military spending. So again, you know, what's happening on defence spending and um, um, or is this still captured in this bucket of no physical travel? Yeah, look, it's actually not an issue of dollars. It's an hmm. actual issue of the physical deployment. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. The projects are all building. The background work's being done. Tenders are being done. Designs are being done, but and are being issued. But really, until you can actually get a lot more travel going, you can't actually complete installation. You can't actually complete the commissioning phase, which is really the most important one in terms of actually delivering on those particular orders. So mm. that that's where that area has seen obviously a minor impact, but it's it's still happening. I think really, though, what we are seeing is the ability for us to you know, remotely support a lot of these sites where they need support. So we've been doing still a lot of remote support and there's been a growing amount of interest in longer-term comprehensive maintenance agreements for support of that large install base. And, and that really is one of our areas of focus because recurring revenue from both our install base and additional sales in technology is a key focus and a lot of work's been going on in terms of the the product and the way we deliver the product, both hardware and software, in a manner that makes it much more attractive to actually get that recurring revenue from that install base. So, um, yeah, we're signing up more comprehen multi-year comprehensive maintenance agreements. Um, the application of our technology to the mining conveyors, um, you know, the proof of values we're going through at the moment are very successful, um, and this is being done internationally. And that whole product is a combination of capex and opex. So each sale of a of a Aura IQ 
will bring with it annual recurring revenues, the licence fees associated with the data that we provide. So again, we really see this as an exciting part of the way going forward. But the COVID impact, it's just slowing things down for us. The interest and the requirement for our technology is as strong as ever. But mm. obviously the ability to complete projects, to deliver projects, to do the site surveys has been impacted to various degrees in various countries. Yeah, despite it um, slowing things down, the results, the financial results haven't uh, slowed down. But no, absolutely. That's building on the work that we've been doing over the years in terms of licensing yeah. and uh, some large programs. Yeah. So, as I said, it would be even stronger if it were not for COVID-19. Yeah. So for some time, we've seen an increase in global security concerns as a result of the threat of terrorism. So what are some of the key security risks your clients are contemplating today? Look, absolutely. Um, so the, there is both data security that we have solutions for, and obviously the, uh, the, the very large program being rolled out in India, the licensing uh, arrangement is all around physical security of, of the data contained in those fiber optic cables, which form part of the defense infrastructure. Um, right. We're also involved with a lot of site activities where, you know, these large air bases um, that you have globally are, you know, are very vulnerable to intrusions, you know, the large perimeters, and in some cases, um, a little bit harder to protect. So we have technology that can make it easy to uh, protect those large perimeters, um, protecting oil pipelines um, from either um, terrorism or theft is a very major issue in a number of countries. And again, we have the technology to protect those long linear assets, those pipelines. And, you know, as we go forward, every large piece of infrastructure, transport, you know, airports, ports, um, all of them are upgrading, you know, their whole security infrastructure to obviously uh, protect from terrorism, from uh, intrusion, from damage, because obviously if you can impact... Um, you know, these transport infrastructure, not only do you achieve impact in terms of um, the whole terrorism threat, but you can actually cause economic damage if you do that. So power stations, power infrastructure, all of those are um, going through progressive reviews and upgrades globally because, you know, your power infrastructure and your telecommunications infrastructure is all quite critical to the economy and all of it quite vulnerable in many cases, it's similar to the cybersecurity threat that everyone's quite concerned around. And, you know, we, uh, we have solutions that complement the cybersecurity uh, hardening of data networks and uh, utilities and that infrastructure. So not just on the perimeters, but also on the data infrastructure as well. So, Rob, a key capability in your business is the development of new technologies to mitigate risk scenarios for your clients. What are some of the more recent technologies that AVA is developing or has recently launched? Uh, yeah, look, thanks. We, we did launch um, last year what we call Aura IQ, and that's building on the Aura platform that uh, Future Fiber Technologies first released a, uh, a few years ago which we've improved, and it's now capable of monitoring 110 kilometres of fibre optic cable and tell you every half metre exactly what's going on based upon its extreme sensitivity to any vibrations. And 
like if it's buried in the ground, we'll detect people walking. Uh, we'll also detect any uh, other activity like digging activity or vehicle activity. And if it's on a fence, we'll detect any activity associated with intrusions like cutting or uh, climbing. And also we have the capability with our software to actually classify all these events and actually label them and tell exactly what's going on, exact location, but also the ability to ignore all of the other environmental activities or activities of, that aren't of an interest so that you only get actionable information. But we've taken that platform and we've combined some intellectual property developed by a mining research organisation called Mining3, and they've done many years of research of the acoustic signature that's hidden inside a conveyor belt bearing and in terms of its early stage failures. So with that technology, combining the two, we've actually now have a solution that can be easily deployed on any conveyor belt and will give you the condition of every bearing on that conveyor and give you early warning of any failures well in advance of a failure actually occurring. Now, that's quite unique in terms of the ability to prevent uh, damage, accidents, failures, fires, um, keeping your production running well. So that is the most recent new application, and you'll note that's not a security application. Hmm. And, and that leads into a lot of other applications whereby we can apply it, and we're doing some work in having our sensors on power cables. Most power cables have a fibre optic inside of them. And where these power cables run across rivers or out to uh, out into the ocean, we can detect boat anchor drops near it. We can actually see the wake of the boats as they go over the cable. So we can provide information to the owners of that power cable about any activity that might cause them any problems. Um, freeways and tunnels, most of them already have fibre optic cable installed for communication purposes. Well, we can now turn that into a sensor and we can even give you in, in, information about traffic flow, um, accidents, uh, speed of vehicles, uh, people walking where they shouldn't walk. So again, that's combining security and what we'll call you know, condition monitoring, what's going on. You can use that information to better manage your asset, to actually respond to issues or changes. And you can also apply cloud analytics to actually look at long-term trends in terms of the condition of freeways. You can, you can even detect new uh, potholes appearing or, uh, or changes in terms of the actual structure that might indicate uh, advanced wear and tear. So all of this area of condition monitoring is a huge opportunity going forward. And you will see more and more solutions coming out focused on that area in addition to the advances that we're making on uh, you know, the security applications. Hmm. Well, look, it's a fascinating business and delivered some pretty impressive financial results. Can you talk about some of the headline numbers in your record September quarter results? Yeah, look, certainly. So um, we uh, reported a, a um, uh, you know, $17 million of revenue for the group. Now, on a comparable... For the quarter, that is. For the quarter, yeah, just for yeah. the quarter. Now, in terms of year-on-year -year comparison, that's more than a 70%. Um, increase year on year. But I did mention that we'd been growing at around 50% per year for a number of years. So that's a, a bit above the headline number. Um, what was probably most significant was the EBITDA of 7.7 .7 million. And uh, 
that actually compares with the EBITDA that we reported for the full financial year last year. So mm. obviously, in terms of a comparable period, you know that was five times the uh, EBITDA that we reported uh, for the mm. 